Okay, Degenerates, we are here again. We got a brand new show for you, giving you all the updates and our predictions. I am joined, as always, by your Dynasty Degenerate, Mr. Steve Sampson, your DFS Degenerate, Mr. Eric DeFusco. I am your Redraft Degenerate, Mr. Brian Moran. How you doing tonight, boys? How's it going? Good, Brian. What's up, Eric? What's up, Degenerates? What's going on, bitches? <laughs> it's a beautiful Saturday evening. Yeah, we're loving life. Uh, can, hey, can I just add? One week away from the fourth, baby. This new intro music, fucking dope, right? Big shout out to my buddy Rick. Uh, Charles Griswold, love you, brother. Always willing to help out the show. He gives us all our sounders, all the guitar work. He does it for nothing, just, at a, just as a buddy. He's a listener. We appreciate you, brother. So Shout out to Rick, baby. Yeah, <laughs> we love him. So uh, that being said, I don't see any reason to keep the people waiting. You know, we have a mailbag question to get to, and I say we hit it. The mailbag. So Nate, friend of the show, has reached out to us. He says, do you think the Titans will flip the playbook and go to a pass first offense with Jones there? And since Henry has been in the league five to six years now, Steve, I'll let you tackle this one. The short answer, uh, no. Do I think that they try to become a little bit more balanced? I do. But I think it's going to be on a game-by-game basis because I just don't see them shelving Henry and the type of uh, impact that he can have from week to week in those 250-yard games. Tannehill's a great game manager. I think he would be fine increasing his passing work, but I think it's just slightly, that, slightly, <laughs> right? I think it's something that they still would have to manage. So um, I don't think them that they are going to change things around too much. It just gives them a little bit more flexibility on you know the the thirty percent of uh, plays that they're going to pass. Yeah, and I mean, to me, it's like they've made the playoffs the last two years including a conference championship. So I don't see a lot of reason to change up what they're doing. You know, it's like, why, why, why fix what ain't broken? You know? And I I get, I get his point. Like why trade for Julio if you're not going to pass more, but there's a lot of vacated targets. They lost Corey Davis. They lost Jonu Smith. And to me, it's more like, all right, I need Julio to suck up those targets so we can run the same exact offense without missing a beat. Uh, Eric, are you on kind of the same idea, or do you think that they're going to start passing more? If they do start passing more, well, it really depends, because like literally they were 30th in the fucking NFL last year in pass attempts per game, or a pass percentage of pass plays. You'd have to think that they have to somewhat improve a little bit there, especially adding Julio. But they just they've they've consistently been a bottom a bottom four in the league third in yeah. uh the percentage of passing plays you know pass plays per game you, you name it i think they might have to pass a little more this year personally because i think that defense is going to be fucking terrible <laughs> i don't th- there's no you cannot convince me that the tennessee titans defense is going to be great because it's going to be garbage it's been garbage it's trash and it got worse yeah yeah so let me ask you eric i mean you know if you if they go from 30th to 28th, would you consider that a big jump? Or, or do you have no. to see more than that? You got to see more than that. I'd have to see him jump up to like 20 at least, I feel. And even then, it's not it's not like they're slinging it if they're at 20, you know? <laughs> you got to no. figure that, that That's Davis, like vacated, uh, Davis vacated 92 targets last year. Humphreys vacated 35 and John vacated 65. So, I mean, I, I don't expect that they're going to throw the ball a ton more. Just because I got Julio, I just think he eats up the vast majority of those targets that were vacated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the few, I, I still think that the tight end position probably gets around 40 looks, and Reynolds is probably going to pick up 20 or so targets, maybe maybe 30. But I, I think Julio's going to get those 100, 120 targets. I mean, A.J. Brown had 106 targets last year. So I would anticipate Julio's pretty close to that. But I, I just don't see them throwing the ball, what, 300 times? 
Yeah, no, I three hundred fifty times, four hundred times. I, I probably right not three fifty. So probably not. It's like in 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 running the ball through Derrick Henry works. It does. It, it's it's effective. Why why like I think Brian, I think you already said this, but like why why switch it up? Yeah, I mean they I, they I, made the playoffs three out of the last four years. Yeah, yeah. I, they I got a new OC. That, I don't. We have to see what he does, but yeah, he doesn't have much. Uh, of a track record. I think he was an OC for one year in Oakland, 2017. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I just think that you end up with, with less stacks boxes for Henry, which I think helps him Mm -hmm. just because Julio's there and you have to respect the play action. So yeah, you can't bring your safeties close to the line when you got AJ Brown on one side and Julio on the other. Right. So I think that's where, I think that's where you're going to see the big uptick in the Titans offense. Um, and I think they're going to have a lot of plays because, like you said, Eric, their defense got worse. Yeah. And it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is when you have Julio on the other side and you can't dedicate all your coverage to A.J. Brown, we saw what Corey Davis could do as the number two in that offense. So I am predicting a a, a pretty big boost in efficiency from A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, even if they don't have elite target share or an elite number of targets or receptions. I think their their efficiency is going to be through the fucking roof. Yeah. AJ Brown's efficiency's always been through the roof ever since he got into the league. Yeah, no, really, he's though, bonkers. Look at it, yeah, he's he's a it's in, he's he's like way above the median. Oh, dude, I'd love to see him on a pass first team. Like if he went to Atlanta in that trade, oh my god, dude. I I take I take AJ Brown as the first wide receiver overall. His efficiency is fucking nuts. Yeah, he's probably one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, though, I think the three of us agree that they're, they're still going to run this offense through Derrick Henry. And, you know, we, we all agree there's a rule for Julio. There's plenty of space for him in this offense with the vacated targets, but they're not switching to pass first. Am I right, guys? I would agree with that. No, I don't believe so. I think that, that more or less answers the uh, mailbag question, and that's going to lead us directly into take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. So, guys, I uh, you know how this works. Our listeners know how it works. Uh, I am going to give you a statement, and you are going to have to tell me if you're going to take it, meaning you think it will come true, or leave it, meaning that you think it's bullshit. And, and give me your reasoning. You know, it's uh, this is like the math test in high school. You have to show your work. So let's start with uh, number one. Ezekiel Elliott will lead the league in rushing yards. Steven? I am leaving that. Um, I love Zeke, and I have a ton of shares of him in Dynasty. I would love for this to be true. just don't see any way that it is. Uh, there's just too many other running backs that are – well, I shouldn't say too many. There are – a few other running backs in better situations that don't have three great wide receivers and a quarterback that's going to throw to him. So I think Zeke will be fine. I, th- I still think he's top five. I just don't think he's top. So who finishes ahead of him? Uh, Plenty of options. There's options. Derrick yeah. Henry. Oh, oh Derrick Henry Jones, being the chief among them. Yeah, absolutely. McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. Jones. Um, Chubb. Potentially. Aaron Jones? Yeah. I said Aaron Jones, potentially. Saquon. I'm an, I'm a big Aaron Jones guy, but I I don't think that's even close personally. It might not be, but it's possible. I mean, figure Aaron Rodgers doesn't go. Are they gonna they're gonna lean on Henry? I mean Henry. They're gonna lean on Aaron Jones. <laughs> um, no, I mean I I get that, but you know we're I mean we're talking about a running back that's always hovered right around a thousand yards. I just he's more of a PPR guy. You know, no, no, he the, is. The, the question gets, is strictly rushing yards. Right, I I understand that. I'm to me, saying, the only the know, only guy that really has a better chance than Zeke is Derrick Henry, in my eyes. I think I, Chubb has a chance. I think Chubb's a realistic candidate too to finish ahead of him. Yeah. Oh, if he definitely could. Yeah, J, JT could if everybody is right and I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. <laughs> well, uh, when's that ever happened? <laughs> never, never in the history of the world. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's a few scenarios. I, 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 like I said, I would love to to take this. I just can't. And I mean, I get your point. It's, I mean, really, the the point of asking it was Zeke Elliott's getting disrespected. He's going way too late. 
this was a top three, top four guy the last three years. And, you know, last year he has one bad year and all of a sudden he's going in the second round or late first. It's, it's blasphemy. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, love it. <laughs> I, I thought when we went up, when, whenever we decided to finally do our rankings episode, I thought I was going to be the highest guy on Zeke. But now I'm starting to question if I'm going to be. I don't oh, I, know I, that you will be. I'm not forgetting I, the last few years. No, and, and I'm not forgetting how good he was doing when Dak was healthy. I, I'm still extremely high on Zeke. So uh, when he, when Dak a, was a top five guy, when Dak was healthy, you were still getting your return on investment. He was like RB four. You, you were mm-hmm. you were getting what you invested in him. He was going as the fourth, fifth running back, roughly in redraft. When when Dak went down, it just it completely fucking ruined that team. Like it just yeah. No, outside of Cooper. Like, a lot of them guys yeah. just <laughs> didn't live up to expectation. And, I mean, I will say that. He, he just flat out quit. He didn't care. He didn't want – I mean, he was, he looked around. He said, this team's going fucking nowhere. And he went out there and did the minimum. And I trust me, I am not a fan of that mentality. But next year, Dak's back. And he's going to go out there and give it his all. He wants to win the division. He wants to win. He's going to play hard. He's going to go back to form. I I want to own Zeke Elliott, and throughout his entire fucking career, you've had to use a top three pick on him, and now you can get him at the back of the first. He's a fucking steal. Yeah, he's going between yep. like picks eight through ten. I I agree. I like I like it where he's at right now, because you you can get him in the later rounds of the draft. You can get a top five running back, and it, it's going to be nice for redraft season because I I don't think his draft stock is going to go up that much. I think that's where you're going to see him is at the end of the first, potentially early in the second. Eric, what are you? Uh, are you taking it or leaving it? I'm leaving that because I, I, as good as Zeke is, I don't think he can lead. I don't think he has the capability to lead the league in rushing so long as Derrick Henry is in the NFL. Scrimmage yards is a different, a different outlook. I would say maybe, but I still don't think he can. I think Dallas is going to. They were kind of more of a pass-first team last year, obviously, over 60% of the time. Yeah. I think I mean, that's you, kind of their identity in a way, believe it or not. Even If like, you said that he could be the number one running back in fantasy, I, I might be able to buy that mm-hmm. because if that potential is, is certainly there. Uh, even with the PPR work that McCaffrey gets, that Kamara gets, um, I, I do think that's a possibility. I just, like Eric said, with Henry there, well, I mean, and, and Henry's been on a fucking tear, but he's also been used up, dude. Like, how could he possibly keep this up? You know what I mean? And like, that's the, factoring the, into the it more, to me, for me too. The more I think about it, dude, it's like I, I, I think Derrick Henry's just a fucking freak. Yeah. Oh no, he's an absolute. Yeah. Dude, just what he's done, even if he got hurt this year and missed the entire season, he would be a freak just for what he's already done. You why know? you gotta bring that shade? <laughs> why, why you gotta bring that shade on the man? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's already a, a complete specimen. But, you know, in 2018, he played all 16 games, and he rushed for 1,059 yards. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's it's not out of, the, out of the realm of possibility for Zeke to win the rushing title with 14, 1,500 yards, which he's already shown us. I, I, I think it's more I, – I think it's very possible. Do I do like would I go to Vegas and put money on it? No, but I think people are kind of forgetting the fact that it's possible. He could lead the league in rushing yards, and he's going at the back of the first because last year he decided it wasn't worth his effort, which I don't disagree with. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't like that mentality. Like I said, but he's going too late. He's getting disrespected. Yeah. Moving on, number two, Aaron Jones will be considered the steal of the draft if his ADP doesn't rise. I will take that. I think he's going in, in like the middle of the second. Yeah, it's it's and crazy. He's he's a top five running back. That, that's all I need to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's disgusting. I, I can't figure out why he goes so fucking late. I just can't. I mean, People Eric, help me out. People are scared of Rodgers, dude. That, I, it's... I that's what they're saying. That's what I flat out heard him say. Like I'm I'm not ranking Aaron Jones respectfully yet until I know what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation. That's what people have pretty much said. So he's tanked. He's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So that's somebody who ranked him 15. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a I'm thing. not kidding. Like, if Rodgers 
if Rodgers doesn't play, they are going to lean on Jones tremendously. Thank you. I was just about to say that, Stephen. Like, I, I feel like his PPR upside goes up without Aaron yeah. Jones because oh, he's going to get a million dump-offs. Absolutely. Without without Rodgers there, Jordan Love is going to be dumping it off. He's going to need the quick read that he can rely on. And, and Jones is going to be on the field all the time. I, I can't see where his um, – you know where his numbers are going to go down if Rodgers isn't there. Touchdowns, maybe. Yeah, probably have less I, scoring I think, opportunities, but I that doesn't mean he's not going to finish down anyways. Five. I think his touchdowns are going to more of his touchdowns are going to shift to AJ Dillon this year, anyways. Oh, I so don't I'm think not, so. I'm not relying on that. Uh, he's going to. I mean, he's going to get his. He's going to break those 10, 15 yard runs inside the twenty. But I think when they get to the goal line, they're going to use Dillon. No, I don't think so at all. He's he's consistently been one of the best goal line backs in the league. I I don't think AJ Dillon takes that work. I hope not, but I could see it happening. I mean, anything's but possible. I, I, I think he's I think he more than makes up for what he's going to lose in touchdowns by just by volume, just so. pass receptions. Yeah, and like I said before, I, I'm projecting I'm predicting a big uptick in pass receptions because. You know, Jamal Williams was kind of the other pass catcher, and he would take a little bit of the rushing work. Mm-hmm. And now they have A.J. Dillon, who really doesn't have any experience catching the ball. So I think A.J. Dillon's going to take some of the rushing work, and Aaron Jones is going to get a boost in PPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think there's a good chance Aaron Jones could finish number one. There is. Let me. I don't disagree with that. Let me, uh, let me ask you a question. Axe. Go ahead. Axe away. How good is a uh, how good is AJ Dillon in pass protection? Do you uh, know off the top of your head? That sure? I don't know off the top. of I my know head, you're a no. Dillon guy. I haven't looked into it yet. So, but I do know this: Jamal Williams was actually one of the best. He was excellent at pass running backs in pa- pass pro. Yeah, and I know Aaron Jones is that's not a strong suit. Nope. I think if that's a kind of, I think that's why Jamal Williams was on the field a lot for third down because I they do did too, Eric. But want, I think that. I think they let Dylan. I think they let Williams go because I think they're comfortable with Dylan. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head either, but I think that that has to be that had to be in their conversations with why they let Williams walk. That they have to feel comfortable with with the guys that they have. So um, I'm uh, looking this up right now. It says Dylan won't be used as a pass catching back at the next level, but he's capable of being used out of the backfield when called upon. He showed natural hands in the receiving game. And also showed a strong proficiency in the pass protection game. That's his uh, scouting report. So there you go. So he in college, at least, he was a very strong pass protector. Okay, yeah. I know he's a bigger back, so I would think he's stronger and yeah. should usually equal yeah. better in pass protection. So yeah. the, the only thing I'm trying to say, I don't, I don't know if that means that Dylan's gonna maybe be on the field for more third downs than we may think. I, this is something I really want to look a little more into. I'm just more shooting from the hip with it, but it's something I wrote down that I want to look into. But I'm with you guys at Aaron Jones. He's getting disrespected. Cut the shit, everybody. <laughs> the fuck? Like, seriously. Stop tanking this guy. Well, you know what? Keep doing it. I'm fine with it, actually. Yeah. Keep doing your thing, because uh, I love getting guys at discounts. I'm a fan. I would love to be able to take Zeke at the end of the first and Aaron Jones, you know, three or four picks later. Because that's yeah. that's where they're going right now. That would be a, a great first and second round pick. So keep it up. All right. So uh, we're all taking that one. So let's move on to DeAndre Swift will finish as a top eight running back in PPR. It's mm, a tough one. He could catch a million passes, dude. He could. He could. It's, it's kind of a crapshoot, though. Like it's not a but guarantee. He might, he, he might. He might only score three touchdowns. Like it, it's. Yeah. So. I'm leaving that one because of what you said before, Eric. Jamal Williams is there, and I think he's going to do what he did in Green Bay and, and take the third down work. He's going to get a decent yeah. amount of the, the, the receiving work, and I just look for that offense to be fucking terrible this year. So I don't think there's a lot of scoring opportunities. I think there's a lot of third, three and outs. A so. terrible offense with Jared Goff at the helm? It's hard to imagine. In in Detroit, mind you. I mean, Detroit having a bad offense is something I that mean, they're not. They're not. There's uh, a first time for everything. Uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know how the, that fan base is going to cope, but you know what? 
Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Even though the more I look into Jamal Williams, the more worried I am that he is there. But DeAndre Swift is without question the more talented of the two. Talent usually wins out. I'm gonna mm-hmm. bank on that, that he's on the field more. Like you said, he could catch a million balls. Uh people severely underestimate how good that O line is, actually, believe it or not, in run blocking, and they just drafted Panay Suell. Yeah. No, they have a great offense. I'm not line. worried about the line. It's just like you said, it's Jared Goff. And it's just how inept and shitty that offense is probably going to be. But that defense blows, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm going to take it as well. And not that I'm super confident in it, but it would not shock me at all if it happened. And uh, he's another guy that's just flat out going way too late. I think it's close. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I'm just leaving it probably only by two spots. So I, was about to, I, I was about to ask you, what if I had said top 12? Would you have taken it, Steve? Top 12? Absolutely. Top ten, I would probably take it. Um, eight, eight, I think is just too high. Because I mean, we've already we've already named Kamara, uh, McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, probably Zeke. That's four. Henry, even though he doesn't get a lot of passing work, is still going to be in the in the top five or six. Chubb, that's six guys right there. And then you know, Jonathan Taylor, maybe seven. Acres, Swift. There, there's you know, probably Najee. four or five there, there guys is. that are going to yeah. be right there that, uh, you know, it could be very close between seven, eight, nine, and 10. So, so, I mean, just, just so everybody's up to date, um, I'm looking at the rankings right now. Aaron Jones is going overall 13th, which would be the first pick of the second round. And DeAndre Swift is going 26th overall. Yeah. Which would That's be the three, two. And, yeah, and the like, three of us think he's finishing top 12 and he's going in the three, two. Yeah. He's guys like DeAndre Swift are the reason why I'm 100% fine taking a wide receiver in the second round. Cause I can get somebody yeah. like him in the, in the third. Yeah. Yeah. That's good value. It's yeah. good value in the third. So uh, let's move on to number four. Josh Jacobs does not finish top 24. I'm going to leave that one. Believe it or not. Yeah. I am also going to yes. leave that one. I think he does finish in the top 24, just barely. He lost the passing down work. Don't get me wrong. That's Kenyon Drake's. You, you can't yep. talk me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still going to get all the goal line carries. He's going to get some. He's, he gets pretty decent rushing volume. I think he gets enough of that, and he gets enough of the goal line work to where he will stay as a top 24 running back. You don't, think, you don't think Kenyon Drake gets any rushing work? He's going to get some, but it's. I don't think it's going to be enough to put a big dent into Jacobs. Like Jacobs has got the goal line on lock. He had 12 mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns last year. Well, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. He did have a good year last year for sure. But I don't know, man. I, I like, you'll set 45 targets and 33 receptions, you know? I think he's still going to have some um, passing down work. I don't think Drake's going to take it all. But I think it gives them the ability to put either one out there for a series. And they don't have to run one guy on for one play and, and run a guy off. But I still think Jacobs is going to. Well, that's what concerns me. Back. I'm really okay. scared this is going to be a 60-40 split. I'm not. I, I still think you're looking 70-30. I, th- I think Jacobs is going to be fine. I still think he's top 24. I think he's probably being drafted a little bit too high still, but that should go down by the time we get into the... I actually think he's, an all right, I think he's a decent value right now, personally. Is he in, oh, is you're he nuts. In the fourth, fifth round pick. Or is he still, if he's in the fifth, fifth that's fifth great. Fifth round? Yeah, he's going like 502. Oh, no, I'm fine with that. Oh, Every mock I I've done, he goes sure. in the second or third. Oh, yeah, hell no. We're, we're, no, he's no, no, going no, no, second no, no, no. and third rounds. That's too high. But if he's, if well, he's maybe in it's the fourth, fourth or the fifth round, that's fine. I, I'm I'm yeah. okay with taking him no. in the fourth or fifth round. I'm not spending one of my first three picks on Josh Jacobs. But once we get to the fourth round, and even then, there's still some guys that take a round. But if he's going to get mid-late fourth, early fifth, yeah. I'm, so I'm okay right now, right now his, his ADP is 29th overall, which is the 3-5. That's too high. That's too high. I do. And as far as the the 70-30 split, last year with literally nobody else there, from week nine on, 57%, 60%, 75%, 59%, 42%, 68%, 51%, 56%. He was losing work to fucking nobodies because he was not performing well enough. I'm sorry, but no, I'm I'm not in on that. Now they have Kenyon Drake who frankly might be more talented than Josh Jacobs. 
I don't know about that, dude. I, in a world, in a world, he could be. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't like Kenyon Drake either. But what the fuck has Josh Jacobs ever done? Disappointed you at every turn. <laughs> Kenyon Drake. Pretty much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're literally the same guy. Um, that's what I'm worried them- about. It could be 50-50, man. It could be. It very well it, could be. Yeah. I, I, I think people are way too high on Josh but Jacobs. Like, here's the thing. Percentage of teams' red zone rushing stats inside the five-yard line. Who's number one? Josh Jacobs. 78.3%. Because there was no one else there. Yeah, but I don't think Kenyon Drake's going to take those touches, those carries. I really don't. What if he, he took might, half Even of if them. he takes a couple. He ain't taking half. He's not taking the goal line. Work I don't even think he's going to take taken. a quarter. He's not efficient inside the red zone like that. And I'm I'm higher than Drake on than both of you guys, but he's just not. Well, he had ton t- he had ten touchdowns last year. I know he did, but he also had ten touchdowns in it in the Arizona offense, which scored a ton of touchdowns. Well, yeah, but he, they also didn't hand the ball off a ton. No, but look at where where he scored them from. I believe that most of those were outside of the five yard line. They weren't like you know they weren't in the one or two yard line. No, I mean, and, and that's fair enough. I'm just saying, I I think it's a little I think it's a little premature to just write them off. Oh, I'm not you know? writing him off. I'm not writing him off at all. I, I think Drake has a chance to finish top 40. But I, I still think Jacobs can ink himself into the the top 24. I, I don't think he finishes higher than 20, but I think he has no. a chance. Like I, I'd be shocked if he went over 20. But top 24... Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a small window, but it's it, hard I, think to he, do. I think it's possible. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna, I think it's going to be harder for him to not finish top 24 than it is to, you know what I mean, to finish. Well, if there's one thing, if there's one thing I know about Josh Jacobs is that he can let you down at every turn, like Steve said. So, uh, moving on, we got Tyler Boyd will finish ahead of Chase and Higgins in fantasy points. I'm leaving it. Leaving it. Give me Higgins. Oh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'm a no, big time uh, buyer right there. I'll I'll take Chase, even even though he's a rookie. I'll take Chase. Nah. Did you not hear Eric's rant about where Ch- where the rookies are going in this draft? Believe me, I know where they're it's going. It's ridiculous. Um, they're they're being drafted way too high. Way but too the, high. Way too high. Don't season, even get me going. Don't even get me going. At the end of the season, I think that Chase and Higgins are actually pretty close. But I think Chase has a few more points. I think Boyd is lucky if he's going to finish as a top 36. I think he just finishes inside as a wide receiver three. Oh, you're high. You're high top 36. I wish I was. <laughs> no, I, I no, no, no. You're way off. You're way off. I think you'd be a, a volume monster. Sure. I like Boyd, too. Don't get me wrong, especially uh, this season because he's a, quite a discount. But I, I just I don't see him outscoring Higgins. I think there's a real chance. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I wouldn't bet on it. You know, these are supposed to be outlandish. They're supposed to be make you think about it. Like, obviously, none of them are locks. But personally, if I if I really think Tyler Boyd could, he absolutely oh, any could. of them could. I mean, it, it, you know, Higgins and Chase both get hurt, and Boyd. <laughs> <right in> there, <laughs> I mean, there's a, a number dick. of scenarios. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. There's a number of scenarios <laughs> where where Boyd could. I just don't think that in the offense that they have with what they're trying to do, I, I think he's not going to be the first, second, or third look. I just think in PPR that slot role gets consistently undervalued. He may fall behind them in touchdowns, but he may double their receptions. It's possible. I mean, there's. I mean, I don't think it's all that unlikely that you f- see the season end with Chase and Higgins between thirty and forty-five receptions apiece, and Tyler Boyd has a hundred. Thirty and forty-five. Yeah, I think you're way off. Yeah, I don't. Man. I don't think it's. I don't think it's out of this world. I don't. I think both of those guys are are seventy or better. Well, I, not saying already, that Boyd can't be seventy as well, but he had sixty-seven in his rookie season alone, splitting with nobody Higgins. else, splitting with nobody else, nobody on the other side. I believe AJ Green was still heavily targeted. He just didn't catch many of them. AJ Green sucked. <laughs> yeah, but he was still heavily targeted. Still I there. believe he still was still heavily targets. targeted. He still had one hundred and four targets. That's yeah. a lot. Well, it was I mean, a mistake. He, like, he, he, he didn't catch him. Forty-seven. Yeah. He caught no, 47. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, obviously, those numbers are low. Okay, I'm just trying to make my point. Like. 
he could I, I think Tyler Boyd could have a lot, lot, lot more receptions than those two guys. I think Chase and Higgins are going to kind oh, of split probably. that outside work, and Tyler Boyd has a lot more targets and a lot more receptions from the slot. I'm, I, I don't, I don't doubt that Tyler Boyd will outcatch both of them receptions wise, but I don't think he's going to have more yards. I don't think he's going to have more touchdowns, and that's the thing with the slot guys. Like they're kind of, I like slot receivers too, but they're just they're they're, they're limited in a yeah. way. They don't get the red zone looks like these 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 alpha wide receivers like Chase and Higgins do or Justin Jefferson's and, and, and AJ Brown's like I, I love slot guys but when you're building your team it's always something like you don't want to have too many slot guys but it's always good to have a couple because you know they're going to be safe you know they got that floor yeah and, uh, I'm not I'm with I I would not be shocked if Tyler Boyd finished higher than both of them in receptions but higher than a period and fantasy scoring uh yeah I got higher than it. them I don't I don't agree with no, I, I get it potentially I get and it I'm, I'm fine having Boyd as my wide receiver three or wide receiver four on my team because I want a guy that I know is going to get that floor in receptions uh, that I can stick into my flex spot. But yeah, see, if, I'm, if, I, if I need a wide receiver one or two, I'm going to take Chaser Higgins. See, I'm pumped that I can draft Tyler Boyd to be my wide receiver four or five, and I feel like I can start him as my wide receiver two. I think he's going to be that good. Yeah, we'll want to hear something out. funny, though? God, out of all out of all three of these receivers, Tyler Boyd's probably the one I'm most likely to own. <laughs> that is also a correct statement. <laughs> Just playing the value game. Yeah, yeah. I think the guy yeah. going in the eighth, ninth. Fuck it. So let's move on to uh, Hollywood Brown. Will finish the season with 40 receptions or less. Uh, I'm gonna leave that one, but it's very close. You thinking around 45ish? I'm thinking around 45ish. Yeah. Iraq. I'm gonna take it gonna take it even though even though even though he was kind of turning it on late in the season he was kind of piecing it together but yeah i'm gonna take it and i i feel like people are kind of hanging their hat on what he did the last three or four games of the season which don't get me wrong we're spectacular but it's not who he is it's it's definitely not who he is you know and uh they're man they're trying their fucking asses off to replace him just drafting receivers all over the place, signing receivers everywhere. They don't want him to be the number one. They are telling you in every way other than holding a press conference and holding your hand and telling you we don't want Marquise Brown to be the number one. Oh, he's not the number one. If he's only going to catch 40 balls, there's no way he's going to be the number one. Yeah. But they they brought Sammy Watkins in to drop more balls than Hollywood yeah. Brown just to show him that it's okay. Uh, you can still make a living when you only show up for two games a year. Um, so no, but I mean, but, but, my, but they drafted my, Bateman, and I think that that's the whole help point of my statement, Brown. Stephen, is that you know people are pointing towards the end of the year and saying, "Oh, you put it together like he could be my number one wide receiver." It's just not the case. It's just not going to work out that way, you know. Oh, it definitely isn't. But anybody that's dumb enough to think that Hollywood Brown's going to be your wide receiver one on an offense that runs first, runs second, and and has Lamar Jackson throwing the ball, please, please draft Hollywood Brown that I want to be in your league because I'm going to take your money and I'm not even going to feel bad about it. I mean, from weeks I mean, 11 on, he caught a th- at least one touchdown in, in uh, five of the past six games. Yeah. I think people are seeing that and saying, oh, shit, he was finally starting to get it together. I'm don't get me wrong. He had good games. Four eighty five. Great stretch. Yeah. Five thirty nine yeah. in the touchdown. Two for fifty in a touchdown. That's not too great, but uh, six for ninety eight. Touchdown, touchdown saved you if you started him. Yeah. So. But he he's a DFS play, and he's a best ball guy. But but he, like even that, he only had over a hundred yards in one game, dude. Yeah. yeah. Week one. So. Versus <laughs> Cleveland. He, he's a guy. Wow. If I can get him, you know, in the teens. I'll take him as depth and maybe try to pick a week here or there that I could put him in my flex spot. But I do not believe in Hollywood Brown. I just, I think 40 receptions, I think he gets a few more than that, but not very many. Mm-hmm. And I believe his ADP is still a little rich, I think. It is. For me, at least. Last I saw, he was going like in the eighth round. No. Which is too high. He's consistently ranked in like the low 40s. Marquise Brown is going at the 104, which is the 9-8. Ninth round, yeah. So I was close. So he's, so I still don't want him before, like, round 11. Yeah, I mean, I, with that ADP, I'm fine with it. I, I 
to be honest, I thought he was going higher. He's gone higher in some of the drafts that we've been in. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to wrap that one up. We'll move right on to our next one. This is going to be close to uh, near and dear to Eric's heart. C.D. Lamb will finish as the top wide receiver in Dallas. I want to take this, but I'm actually going to leave it. If you say Gallup, I'm going to drive to Rhode Island and punch you no, in the no, mouth. No, 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 Cooper. <laughs> as long as as long as Cooper, as long as Cooper's there, I still think he's the number one. Amari so Cooper's a really good wide receiver, man. Oh no, like, no, no. I, I think people hate on him. Like, trust me, he trust got... me. I get you. Okay, here's the thing though. C.D. Lamb is a phenomenal red zone target. Could he finish with double digit touchdowns and outscore Amari Cooper in fantasy? He could. Um, he could. I, He's going I'm ahead of him in drafts. I'm going to take the C.D. Lamb. I kind of agree with Eric. It's probably going to be Cooper because Cooper and Dak have a, a great chemistry. Cooper's a great wide receiver. But Lamb was actually doing very well with Prescott as well. And I think in year two that that's going to blossom even more. And I do think he takes more of the, the uh, touchdowns. No, and 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 they, they I've already seen beat reports and stuff stating that like CD Lamb and Dak have been working on their chemistry so far, and it's looking to it's getting better and better every week. And yeah, uh, he probably will. But I'm I'm just kind of showing a little bit of respect to Cooper, even though I I, I believe I've shit on him in the past, and I think he's on his <laughs> way out of town after this season. But I I think he Cooper's is a better receiver, I think, than people want to give him credit for, just because he came out as such a high profile draft prospect, and he had this observing it ceiling that was placed on him already that like he didn't quite live up to it so i think it's just he's kind of yeah looked well, other than the, him, you know? the one season he had in oakland when Carr was like on fire uh he really didn't do that much until he went to Dallas. so that, that's where i think the the stereotype on him comes but he's done nothing but prove us all wrong since he's been in dallas so i do think he goes somewhere else next year i do think he actually gets paid and uh i'm happy for him it, I just think Lamb's going to be a better wide receiver this year in Dallas. If you told me to pick a year two wide receiver I'd want to start my NFL franchise with, C.D. Lamb's my pick. Yeah, I would say that that's... Over, over Justin Jefferson? Jefferson? Over Jefferson, over Ayuk, over Judy, over... Yeah, C.D. Yeah. Lamb is my pick. Uh, I think he's going to have a better career. Don't get term. me wrong. I like the guy, but I would not take him over Justin Jefferson. It's only one season. We're going to see what happens. I like Jefferson, too. Don't get me wrong. But for a career, I'm, I like C.D. Lamb. I would rather have Dak throwing the ball than Cousins. <laughs> but it, it would be hard for me to take C.D. Lamb over Jefferson. But I can see where you're coming from, Eric. So uh, let's move on to uh, Terry McLaurin. Will finish as a top five wide receiver in fantasy football PPR. So, Eric, give me your take. You're, you're the original Terry guy. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. Really? I'm also yeah. going to leave it. Top five's too rich. Yep. Mm, man. Way too rich. I love it, though. I'm taking it. I'm taking it, baby. And his ADP, getting a little high, and I think it's only going to get higher, unfortunately, because he's somebody I really wanted to have this year. I mean, you can't dispute the fact that like he's got the he's got the most consistent and probably best quarterback situation he's gonna have. I mean, last year he had what four different starting quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, it was a mess. Like, well, I mean, right now his, his ADP is thirty six overall, the last pick of the third round. That's too fucking rich. I've seen him going higher than that, and yeah, that is a little bit too high for me. There's guys in that range that I'd rather have more than him. I've I've seen him more going mid third. Yeah. Early mid third, I think he's gonna get a little. I don't think he's gonna get to the second round, but I think he's gonna be top, a top of the third I think round. Think he's gonna come, be high in come the third, summer. Yeah, I, I'd well, like him to be in the fourth, but it's not gonna happen. Unfortunately, we're gonna have the experts talking him up and ruining it for us. But uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I love Terry McLaurin this year, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, Huckett, and Ducking. Oh man, I love it. I think he has a real chance to finish top five. I really do. Yeah, and he's got a chance, but I, I don't. I still, I just, I don't think it's possible. I, I think top twelve is a lock. Oh, top twelve! I don't I know if I'd say a lock, well. but. Well, I mean, if top twelve is a lock, how could you say that the three, the three twelve is too fucking high? I didn't say it was too high. I just said I would rather see him go in the fourth. Well, I'd love to see Aaron Jones go in the twelfth, but. 
Well, he did <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, when uh, I drafted him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's like it's going to get to the point with McLaurin where you pay you have to you pay him for the ceiling. And when guys get like that, I usually tend to fade unless I'm really really in on a guy and I do have concerns about Washington. Do like I've said, it's just more of an instinctual gut feeling thing. Like I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to be that good. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to go that well. They have more weapons there now. They signed Curtis Samuel. Uh, they drafted Deami Brown. Now, granted, that should help McLaurin too, because that should get him some wide open looks. And McLaurin's a great separator. And I think people forget how great of a deep ball threat McLaurin is. It's kind of part of his game. He's mm-hmm. usually top five, ten in the league when it comes to ADOT. Last year it dipped a little bit. But yeah, he's one of the better deep ball targets down the field. Obviously he's no Tyreek Hill, but No, but that's I do why like I love that him. aspect. I do like that aspect because if they can hit connect on them deep balls, he's gonna get you some nice big plays and hopefully score you some touchdowns. But I just I have my concerns with the Washington offense. I really do. I think they get he a had eleven hundred yards with the ghost of Alex Smith throwing the ball. You're worried about Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't I just don't have a good feeling about Fitzpatrick. I mean, more power to you. I'm all about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, obviously, nobody should feel that good about Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'm all in on Terry. I think the talent wins out. This is the best quarterback he's ever worked with, as sad as that is to say. And I'm I'm all about it, man. I love it. I, I want to see Terry McLaurin. I think five's a little rich. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to... I'll take it for the sake of the show, but it wouldn't surprise me if he finished lower than that. But I, I think five is definitely in the realm of possibility. So, real quick, realistically, ADP wise, what's the where's the highest you would take him if he climbed, like early third? It, no, realistically, I would take him in the second. No question about it. That's risky. I like it. <laughs> I'm hey, I'm all for going for it too, man. You 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 find a guy you like. Go for it, man. You're trying to fucking win. You ain't trying to finish in fifth. I like balls. So uh, let's move on to number 10. Tyler Higby has a top five breakout season. I'm leaving that. Um, as much as we want Stafford to, to make this happen, I don't see it happening. Well, I think it's more than possible. I think there's a good there's a good chance. Good case. Good case to be made that it happens. I'm going to take it. Fuck it. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, the next one you're going to go over, I'm going to leave that one, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I can get tired of Higby in the 12th. This guy, I got to pay for that price. I think he's going to do that. I'm all set. Yeah. All right, so let me let me tell the listeners, number 11, Kyle Pitts will finish as a top five tight end. I'm leaving, leaving that one as well. Yeah, so, I'm also leaving that. I mean, Higby, I see it, man, with no Everett, no competition. He is the tight end. We saw what he was when he was the tight end. He went off whenever it got hurt. Last season, everybody expected him to just take over the role. It didn't happen. Everett had a role. Now he's gone. He's in a different city. I think Higby could have a great fucking year, and it doesn't take much for to be tight end five, let's be honest. He's going to have to do more than 700 yards. Uh, he's going to have to do more than three touchdowns to, well, of to course. be able to do that. Yeah, well, that was his best year in 2019. He had 69 catches for 734 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, when he took over at the end of the year. Yes. 2020, last year he had 500 yards, 44 catches, and five touchdowns. When if he was putting with Jared Everett, yes. Yes, but if he can't get 1,000 yards and, and like six touchdowns, and he's going to need – He's going to need over 100 targets. I, I don't see that happening either. He had 89 and 19 and 60 last year. You know, he's going to need 120, 130 targets. I don't know. I, I don't know what you're not seeing, though. Whenever it was out, he was on pace for over 100 targets. Last year, he had, he had 60 targets, and Everett had 62. Yeah. So he only has to absorb 40%. He only has to absorb 40 of Everett's targets out of 62 to get to 100. I think that's very possible, personally. Yeah, I don't. I think the ball is going to get spread around a little bit more. I mean, Stafford's got much better wide receivers than he's had since Calvin Johnson was there. So, I'm sorry, what? I what said, Robert Woods is better than Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay hasn't been on the field. Is Cooper Cup better than Marvin Jones? Yes. 
No, he's not. No, come yes, on. Let's is. not get silly. Let's not get silly. I think he is at this point in his career. Eric Wayan. Galladay is better than Woods, but I think Cup's better than Jones. I think it's a toss-up, yeah. is my point. I don't think it's that far apart. No, it's not a humongous gap. It's not it's a substantial not, difference. But, but I think the ball is going to get spread around, and I don't see that Higby's going to take all of those targets. So I hope I'm wrong. I would love to get Higby in the 12th round or the 11th round and have a top five tight end, but I think there's other guys that are going to finish higher. I think Fant has a very good possibility to finally finish in the top five. I think Hawkinson probably falls out of the top five with Goff there. But Andrews, I think, is still going to be there. And so, there's a chance that Goddard can move up if Ertz actually gets uh, traded away. So, Andrews, I will disagree on. I do not believe in Mark Andrews, period. I don't either, they, but he keeps finishing in the top five. Well, but they're trying at every turn to replace him. Every chance they have to to take targets away from Mark Andrews, they go out and draft wide receivers to take targets away from Mark Andrews. They don't want to use him the way they've been using him. They want wide receivers to take that role. I agree and with you. Their draft he, picks have been shit, and it hasn't worked out. <laughs> I mean, I, that's why. That's why he's still potentially going to be there, and he so, gets the red zone looks. He gets the touchdowns. Right now, the top five tight ends in ECR are Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle. Okay, I'll give you all three of those. Yeah. Number four and five are Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I, I don't I believe in either one of those. I will give you Hawkinson, and then I, th- I I think there's a good chance number five is Higby. As yeah, good as anybody so. else. As good as anybody else. It's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't think I he don't, has a worse chance than Noah Fant. I don't think he has a worse chance than Goder or Thomas. No. I I think he has just as good a chance as anybody. And that's kind of why I'm pointing him out is just, I'm not saying that he's a lock for top five. Obviously, we wouldn't be talking about it if it was a lock. But he's getting disrespected in the draft. And you have a real chance to catch a real Top five tight end in Jesus Christ. What's his ADP? Uh, one thirty-eight overall. That is the twelve the six. Bu- yeah, he's in the twelfth round. That's fucking insanity. In- he's going way too low. He's a fantastic value. He's one of them guys. If you can't get your hands on one of the big three, Waller, Kelsey, Kittle, he's the he's the kind of guy I look to target later. You know, try to get Higby in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth. A couple other yep. guys I like, too. They're going, some of them going a little late. Actually, speaking of Gerald Everett, he's another guy I kind of like taking late if I can get my yes. hands on him, too. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah if I can't get def- my, I was going to say, if I can't get my hands on one of them big three tight ends, Tyler Higby is a is a prim, uh, primo target. He's the kind of guy I want to look for. I like Hawkinson, too, this year, but he's going a little bit too high for me. So I'm, I don't think I'm going to have many shares of Hawkinson. And it gets to the point with tight end with me every year. If I don't get a good one, I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm punting it. I'll take it later. <laughs> and, yeah. well, that's what I was going to say. You can, you can change your yeah. draft strategy if you're going if you're gonna plan on taking Higby. You could take him in the 10th because you're, you're going to take your wide receivers and you can take and your quarterback a, a little earlier. And, and you're still going to get a, a good potential a couple rounds earlier than most people are looking at taking him. So mm-hmm. you have that flexibility. I like like I said, I, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be top five. I just don't I don't see it. But I think it's close because I think I think that five to nine grouping is is probably going to be within a few points. So oh yeah, no, it is every year. Is. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'll take a tight end on a top five offense that I that I think is going to be a top five offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mean to jump down your throat point. for disagreeing, Stephen. It's just uh, no, I mean, you just do it every time we disagree. <laughs> is that the truth all right so uh i think it's gonna end take it or leave it and uh we're going to debut our fantasy commandments the fantasy commandments so i'm gonna talk about two right here that i think are linked together and number one it's actually commandment number three Always mock as much as possible. Uh, Steve, how often do you mock and how far do you go with the mock? Um, 
like right now I'm kind of in a lull with with doing mocks, but when we get into redraft season, I usually do anywhere from three to ten a day, and I'll usually do a full fifteen to eighteen rounds every time. Thank you, and I, I'm kind of the same way. Like you know, when we get closer to redraft season, I'm mocking, I'm mocking, I'm mocking, and. If my league's on Yahoo, I'm mocking on Yahoo. If my league's on ESPN, I'm mocking on ESPN. And you you kind of need to learn how to work their listing because people are going to draft based on how they're listed on that app. Yep. And uh, it's the same thing with Sleeper. And, you know, uh, people on Sleeper tend to be a little more educated and they tend to ignore the list a little better. But it's definitely like it's like. You need to mock. You need to learn where these players are going. We keep talking about ADPs. You can't possibly know how the average draft position is shifting if you're not doing mock drafts. You know, somebody like we're talking about Tyler Higby going at the end of the 12th. Well, as we get closer and closer to redraft season, his ADP is going to rise. I guarantee it. I Mm -hmm. guarantee his ADP is going to rise. Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to end up. Right around the ninth or tenth rounds, once we get into redraft season, and but that's a that's the biggest thing. Like when I'm doing my my read my mocks for redraft, I'll I'll just take a spot. Like I'll I'll draft in the third spot, and that's all I'm going to draft that day, and see how each one of my mocks turns out. Who's there? Who's not? So that I can kind of plan a strategy if I'm drafting from the third spot or if I'm drafting from the fourth spot, and I want to get as many as I can in the range from one through twelve, so that if I have to adjust on the fly because my plan gets blown to shit, uh, I can do that. And I, and I'm, and I have some data to go back to and compare to from different spots. So say, say McLaurin goes in the middle of the third and I was really counting on getting him in the 11th, uh, three eleven or three twelve. I can pivot to a guy that I know is going to probably not be there. You know, if I skip a couple of spots, so I, mm-hmm. I try to do as many from a from a position as I possibly can in a, in a given day. And then I'll move to a different spot the next day. Absolutely. And, you know, it just goes back to, especially sleeper, man, they go so fucking fast. Yeah. You can I do it. You can do it in 15 minutes on sleeper. Yeah. You could do a mock while you're on the toilet on sleeper. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Before and, you and need a the white. times, a lot of times that's what I'll end up doing. <laughs> You'll be done before you got a wipe. <laughs> I may know from experience. Sometimes that's the only that's the only break you can get at work, Eric. Yeah, especially when I was boss. Yeah. Well, when when Brian comes in looking underneath the stall for you, just pick your feet up. <laughs> Keep on drafting. So, I mean, uh, I mean, Eric, how many mocks do you typically run? And I mean, what's your what's your strategy? Do you bounce around? Do you kind of stick to one spot? Do you stay to the middle or what's up? I'm a bouncer. I like to bounce around. I like to do, you know, do a couple mocks on the front, some from the middle, some from the back. Obviously, the business we're doing with this podcast and all that, I'm doing a lot more mocks than I usually do uh, because I do like to, you know, you got to I like to see where the trends are informed even in June. You know, I want to see what's going on. For somebody, if you're just more like, you know, not a very serious, you know, fantasy football player, or you, you know, you take it semi-serious or whatever, you, I mean, as far as mocks go, most people know where they're picking. If you know what you're picking, you know, a week before your draft or the week leading up to your draft, just do a few yeah, mocks. Yeah, stay like there. You said, on sleeper, pick from that pick, see what you're getting. I mean, do three, four, like you're still literally 10 minutes. Like if you do a computerized one, I like to do mocks with real people. I just... It's hard to do, especially on other platforms. I won't name drop, but uh, it's painful <laughs> because you have either people that drop after three rounds or people that just pick like idiots intentionally, and it just it throws everything off. So it's funny you mentioned that, Eric, because the other commandment I wanted to bring up was number eight: depth wins championships. How many mocks have we all been in on ESPN or Yahoo or NFL? Where the first two rounds go by and everybody drops out because they know what they're going to get in the first and second round. And they go, well, I'm good. I got all I needed out of this. I'm all set. And they run off. Man. Mid rounds is where you win your leagues. It's it's man. You can't win without the depth. We've been doing these judgments and we're railing on teams 
that don't have depth. Their starting teams are fucking money. And we look at their teams and go, you have nobody behind them. You have a 6.5. It's just, it's, it's absurd. You can't do it, man. You have to have the depth. You need to mock all the way through. You need to go all the way down. It's just, that's the way it is. I mean, am I the only one that feels that way, guys? So I, I agree. Depth, you need depth. You need depth at running back. You need depth at wide receiver. I always like to have a second quarterback, but a lot of times in redraft, you can just stream a guy. Um, and if you don't get a top tight end, you, you can almost always stream them. So, But your, your running backs and your wide receivers, you you really want to have a, a good stable of, of backs and wide receivers because of injury, because of Josh Jacobs. So you never know what's going to happen. And in order to go to the playoffs and get through the playoffs, if you don't have those guys that you can plug and play, you're probably not going to make it through. Yeah, run, running back depth specifically, I think it's important. I always like to try to get my hands on, I like to leave a draft with six running backs usually. Easy. Yeah. It, it's Sometimes I'll even take a seventh. And there's actually people I've heard say that they're like, oh, you want to take shots on receivers late. And, and running backs, you only need like five. I'm totally opposite. I'd rather have a couple more running backs, personally, than wide receivers. I get the logic that, like, you know, them, them wide receivers can hit and they can be game changers for your team. Most likely they're not going to be. And there's the waiver wire is completely over fucking loaded with <laughs> wide receiver fours, fives, sixes, sevens. Like, if you really, really, really need a guy for a week, you can fucking find one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the I don't get me Especially wrong. I will throw some darts on, yeah, I will throw some darts on wide receivers late too, but I usually I usually tend to prioritize the running back position a little more. Me too. Me too. But yes, mock all the way through. The only times I don't mock all the way through is if I'm in a draft on ESPN and I'm like the only guy left. Or there's like me and yeah. another guy. I'm like, well, useless. Yeah. Useless. So speaking of mock drafts, I'm sure all three of us have uh, done our handful of mocks already. I know I have. Have you guys? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. You guys have a preference on where you like to pick from, beginning, middle, end? Because I'm kinda never leaning. the middle. I'm, I'm leaning early. I kind of like the early picks. I kind of falter from year. year to year. I I I flop back and forth between early and late. I never ever ever like picking from the middle. I don't know why, but just my draft always comes out worse. I can usually make it work from either the beginning or the middle, but. I mean, I'm sorry, the beginning or the end, but the middle just never works for me, and I don't know why. I don't really have a preference. Um, I guess if I had to choose and you're going to hold it, hold me to it, I would rather pick at the end, but uh, I usually can draft them just about anywhere. Yeah, you always got to adapt to whatever pick you have. Yeah, but I, I've liked my team shake out the best picking from like the one through four spot. Yeah, I've noticed. I mean, I, I obviously I'm big on acres and picking from that spot. I'm not getting them, but that's, <laughs> it is what it is. There was actually one draft where I did get him in the fourth spot, but that's not going to happen. I mean, in the second round. The so second there round, was uh, there was one year in the Degenerates Fantasy Football League where uh, I think it was my second year in the league. And uh, I got to pick my spot. And I told Eric, I said, Ugh, I'm really in between 1 and 12. And like he kind of laughed. I was like, what are you talking about, 1 and 12? <laughs> I said, wow, that's where I've been mocking the best. I don't fucking know. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm really concerned here. I don't know which one to take. And I ended up taking the one, and it worked out, kind of. I didn't win the championship, but uh, I did win the, I think I set the, no, that actually wasn't that year. No. I don't even, I'm not even sure I made the playoffs, actually. Yeah, you did. That was the year you took Gurley. <laughs> Gurley, number one overall. Yeah, you took Gurley. You got Thielen late. Fucking Juju's best year. Yeah, Aaron Jones. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah well you're right. Um, you didn't win it, but you you made it to the end. And uh, yeah, that was the year that you and me played in the championship game. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, because um, I took CMC in the second. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to say that out loud. <laughs> was that the year that I ran the board? Yes. Yes. That was the year you See, ran the board. That's why, because I ran the board. Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we, we owe it all to you. Well, I appreciate you finally acknowledging my board <laughs> running skills. The year before you entered the league. 
Yep. <laughs> I did such a great job. You guys, you needed me. So, Real quick, to circle back to something you said, Brian, I also do not like the middle. I don't know what it is. It's I, I What I find myself doing when I'm picking from the middle is I get a little more risky when it comes to guys I want. I'll be like, eh, he should come back to me, and he doesn't. Whereas when you're in the beginning of the ends and you're like, if you want this guy, it's like, well, I'm picking from the 10 spot. Well, my second pick, I have to fucking take him if I want him because he is not coming back to me. I'm more inclined to just take the guys I want. Whereas in the middle, I get a little, I get a little cute sometimes, and I'm like, hmm. too conservative. Ayuk should make it back to me. He's only eight picks, and then he doesn't. You know what I mean, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I try like when I have to draft in the middle, I just take the guys I want. I take the same strategy to a point as I do on either end. Um, but like in your league, Eric, uh, I. I have a lot more trouble the drafting league. from the middle, correct? Because everybody's like all over the place with their picks. You 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 can't mock for that. So <laughs> it, it's, that's what I like. It keeps you on your toes. Uh, we we truly are the degenerates. Yes. You know, yep. <laughs> Pat Mahomes sixth overall. What are you doing? <laughs> Taking the best quarterback. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Single quarterback league, he goes six overall, and uh, I take five running backs and win three games, and he makes the playoffs, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you had it coming. You drafted like crap. That's not what we said after the draft. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of the draft. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much going to wrap this episode. If you guys want to get in on the next drawing, by the time you hear this, the winners will have been decided for the Miles Gaskin and Amari Cooper. You can't have those. It's done. It's over. Sorry, bro. But we have a much better prize for the month of July. Listen to this. Brian's going to be giving away a PS5 that he just won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will not be giving signed, away the PS5. I will not be autograph photo of a PS5. Uh how would you like an Aaron Jones full-size Eclipse replica helmet? This thing is fucking sweet, okay? You can win it simply by sharing a social media post on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and reaching out to us and sending us a question. You can do that by leaving us a voicemail at 508-343-8010. It will not ring. It'll go straight to voicemail. or Write us an email, dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Those two things combined get you entered automatically. Where you been at, Connor, dude? It just hit me. You ain't yeah, been not entered. In. Not entered this year. Uh, I just uh, hit this me. Month. I'm like, where the hell's Connor been? He hasn't been entered in the past two. Come on, uh, man. No, no, no. He was entered the last one. Yeah. Was he? Oh. Yeah, he came My in apologies. third. My apologies. Still. <laughs> Gaskin, you got him in the Dynasty League. Man, I thought he would have been all over that. So if you want to win the Aaron Jones, which we just finished railing about how fucking awesome he is, his outlook this year, how talented he is, you want to win a full-sized replica helmet, all you have to do is share a social media post and reach out to us. I just told you how. Don't be stupid. Reach out to us, okay? Share a social media post and you're done. Couldn't be any easier. Uh, if you have a league, a roster, a draft, a trade, you would like to be judged, you can reach out to us at dddfantasyfootballjudge at gmail.com. Send us pictures or screenshots. We would love to rate your team, your league, your draft, your trade. We will make a special episode on a separate feed just for you and your league mates. So you can point to them and say, listen, I had the best fucking draft. You guys suck. I won that trade. You're an idiot. I have the best fucking team in this league, and you don't stand a chance. We would love to make that just for you guys. So you can also join our Patreon at the $5 tier on our website, daydreamingdegenerates.com. Couldn't be any simpler, right? Name of the podcast, name of the website, pretty easy. You go on there, you click the link, it'll bring you to our Patreon. If you join the $5 tier, you're automatically entered to win. So get in there, 
Aaron Jones is a fucking beast. His signature is only is only going up from here. Okay, we can't ignore him much longer. He's been so good for so long. <laughs> it's like I mean, we come on, man. We can't ignore him. So, with all that being said, I am Brian, your redraft degenerate. That is Steve, your dynasty degenerate. Eric, your DFS degenerate slash the commissioner. We thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We're going to come at you again next week. And pretty soon we're going to start two a week. So, yes, sir. Who the hell knows what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure it out. Training camp will be starting. There'll be all sorts of breaking news, and we're going to give it to you. <laughs>